0: so one of the we're going to be talking about two things and we're going to be focusing primarily on one of them and those are similarities and differences um so people all people have a lot of things in common there are things that every person in this room has in common one of those things is that every person in this room breathes we all need air to live so that's one of the things that we have in common. What's another thing we have in common? Thank you for your hand. Yeah. Uh, actually, can you say your name and what your answer is? My name is James, and talk. everybody can talk. So yeah, lots of people can talk. Yeah. Everybody's a person. I like that. Yes, thank you. i have eyes. And I don't know your name, what's your name? Liam. Liam. Liam? We all have eyes, that's awesome. Yeah, you'll be my last person. What? We all just sleep. We all sleep, yes, that's, I wrote that down because <laughs> I thought that was true too. We also have things. There are also a lot of things that are different about us. And to talk about difference, I'm actually gonna use myself as an example first. So when we think about difference, and I, I want you to be thinking, what's different about me, Susan? So one of the things I'm 33. Is everybody in this room 33? No. No, we're all different ages. So ages, there's something. Josh is 33. <laughs> um, so that's one difference. Yeah. Let's go talk about them. Okay. So let's start to think about difference, and I'm going to try to look this way too, just in case I have some. What are some things that are different about us? Yeah. We all have what's called different, different. Different shoes? I like that. So we have different shoes, which is kind of like different styles. Yeah. So we all have different tastes. I like that one a lot. we all feeling different. Oh we all feel different. Totally. Absolutely. different? Yeah. Our hair is different? Yeah? Can you see again? Fingerprints, okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Different shoes. Different shoes. Oh. You know what's <laughs> 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 so uh, I'm going to ask us to think about some differences. That yeah, can you, Pam? Yeah. Um, we have more melanin. Some have less. I have less melanin. And you have a little more. Is that melanin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My melanin comes from my dad, who is native. So I'm native. That's one thing that might be different. Not everybody in this room is native, but we are. Um, OK, you want to do one more? We all have different parents.
1: And I come from Los Angeles, so that's where my parents
0: live. Are we all from Los Angeles? No, i from Los Angeles. OK, I'm going to take two more. I'm just going to be, does anybody back here want to talk about a difference? Okay, I'm going to jump to some people here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, we, have different eyes. we have different ones. Colored different, different colored eyes. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then, do you remember? Oh, no, different skin. Different skin. Yeah, that's the melanin stuff, right? Okay, awesome. These are great. So... Thank you so much for participating, and thank you for everybody that raised their hand. That really helps me, so that there's just one person talking at a time. Um, To talk a little bit more about difference, I wanted to share a story. So when I was teaching fifth grade, there are three people in the story. The first is me, and I was 30 at this time. And the second was a little boy that I was teaching. His name was Robert. And the third is another little boy that I was teaching named Josiah. And while I tell this story, I actually need you to participate. So when you hear a difference in the story, I want you to do this with your fingers, okay? So when you hear a difference, you're gonna do that. So for instance, I was 30 when I was teaching Robert, and he was, uh, how old are you, Ava? You're 10, so he was 10. So you're showing me that you're listening by, look or listening for those differences and showing me you with your fingers. Thank you. Okay, so I just kind of want you guys to picture Robert. He was very, very small when I was teaching him. Yeah, that's a difference too. I was much bigger than him. And he wore glasses. And I don't wear glasses. Yeah, it's totally a difference. Thank you. Um, another thing that was really different about Robert and I, Robert was a little bit awkward. And I I really like talking to people. Robert had a really hard time talking to people. And he didn't really understand, when he was talking to somebody, what he said, how it would make them feel. So he didn't know. Um, This made kids pretty frustrated with Robert. And another thing that Robert did that I didn't totally understand, sometimes when he was on the player, he hugged other kids, and they didn't like it. And I saw that they didn't like it, but Robert didn't know. He had no idea. So while he was playing with other kids, sometimes he would hug them, and they'd get really and when I saw it, I honestly got kind of mad, too. It was hard for me to understand where, why Robert would do that. Because I thought, oh, man, other kids don't like that. you got to stop. So one day, while Robert was doing this on the playground, uh, another little boy, Josiah, came up. And Robert went up to Josiah, and he was like, uh, or Josiah went up to Robert, and he said, Robert, when you hug other kids, they don't like it. It doesn't make them feel good. Can you stop doing that? And he said, oh, yeah, I'll try. And then he tried. And that was really, really cool. It wasn't something that I thought to do, but it was something that Josiah thought. And it was a fun way to make sure that our differences didn't stop us from being friends.
1: Alright, so we have differences and there's barriers that separate people from other people, right? And we've been talking about the differences that can separate us. Um, Susan's friend, because in the ways that he was different, sometimes created a barrier or um, a, an obstacle between them, between him and people that wanted to be his friend. And so Seth, would you take that down that way? Oh, I'm going to let it roll out. So all of these different things, our age, our, our melanin, now atonement? No, it's on it. No, no. <laughs> no. No, you're right. You're way smarter than me, Liam. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: Our intelligence. All these things can be, uh, have a tendency to separate us and divide us, right? Now look at this barrier here between you all and the other half of the room. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Did God create people To be separate from other people No No not really That's not how we were created right We weren't created for our differences To separate us We were created to be together Even in our differences Right But because of of sin And because of our selfishness Sometimes we allow The differences in us The ways that we're different To separate us Can you think Of anyone in your school or in your life that is different in such a way that they don't have many friends? Can you think of anyone like that at your school or your work? Yeah, I don't need names, but just think about them in your your mind. Um, Yeah. And so it can create. Do you think that? How do you think the person feels that doesn't have many friends? What do you think? Sad. Go okay. ahead. Sad, yeah. Sometimes it makes you Lonely. sad. Go ahead. Lonely. Lonely. right? Yeah? Angry. Angry. It could make them feel angry too, right? So here's what I want you to do. Um, oh, this is risky. All right. Stand up. <laughs> and what I want you to do is I want you, here's what I want you to do this week, okay? Listen up. This week. Before, you're going to go into school on Monday, right? Here, here's what we're going to learn about today. Alright, everyone listen, everyone listen. Here's what we're going to learn about today. That Jesus, wherever there's a barrier, He makes a bridge. Wherever there's a barrier, Jesus makes a bridge. He doesn't let these things separate people. And He wants to come towards people who are sad, who are left alone, who are maybe angry because they're different. And so what I wanna challenge you all is as you go into school, and even in your own homes, right, with your own siblings, if there's someone who is sad or alone because they're different, I want you to make a bridge instead of let there be a barrier. So what I want you to do is break through this paper. Now don't go too crazy, because I know you guys are good at this, you're good at destroying things. So there's people on the other side. So, like, come over to the other side. Just break through. Go. Right. Perfect. I knew that happened. All right. Good. Excellent. All right. Now, Let's go ahead and sit down. I'll put this away I don't have to expect I broke the whole cat. All right. I broke my iPad. It's it's good. All good. It's all good. It was worth it. All right. So. Jesus, where there's a barrier, He makes a bridge. And we see that in uh, Jesus' life and ministry, every single page of the Gospel. The good news, part of the good news, is that Jesus makes bridges where there are barriers. And we see this in uh, our study, as we've been studying Matthew 8 and 9, that this is what He's all about in Matthew 8. We're calling it Kingdom Encounters, when we encounter the kingdom, we encounter bridges. We don't encounter barriers. And Jesus is all about overcoming our differences and making a way for us to live even in the midst of our differences. You know, so I can find my clicker. Where's my clicker? Hold on. Oh your <laughs> hey. well, thanks, bro. Yeah, it flew. Thanks. All right. It has like, a bird. Alright, so, if we can, um, as people, as people, we are really good about putting up and maintaining barriers. Would you agree? Yeah. That as people, we are good at creating barriers between people that look different than us, come from a different background, think differently than us. When we, we erect barriers and boundaries and borders, oftentimes, I think, to protect ourselves because we're afraid of being hurt. In fact, I know that um, trauma, when we experience traumatic events, whether that's as a young child or even as an adult, when we, if we've been assaulted or abused or abandoned in some way, it can actually rewire our brain in significant ways, where we put up barriers between us and other people um, to protect ourselves, really, from being hurt. And we push others away so that we won't experience love because we've experienced love, and it's been painful, for some way that love has been has betrayed us, right? And so we, um, our brain, when we experience trauma, puts up barriers. And sometimes, and Alex has shared his testimony before, so I'll, I'll share from his life. I didn't ask you permission. We're good. Okay, cool. Like, he was brought in after experiencing a lot of trauma in his early childhood life. And when he came into our family, um, he would, for the first, first good while, would throw up obstacles, would throw up barriers, would do things just to almost isolate himself so that he could protect himself and protect himself from being hurt again. So sometimes there's this tendency... That we even will isolate ourselves to prove others, that just kind of dare them to leave us. Dare them to abandon us. And we'll do it over and over again just to see if this love is real. And here's the thing about God revealed in Jesus. He doesn't let us get away with that. He doesn't let us push him away. He will continually pursue us, come after us, love us. Despite the barriers that we put up between us and others, between us and and even Him. And so, in Matthew 8, let's do a little quick review, because it's been a little, bit, a little while. Matthew 8 is right after Jesus gives a Sermon on the Mount. And it's this beautiful, challenging kingdom manifesto of what it looks like to share in the life of God. He says, radical things, beautiful things, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, blessed are the poor and the meek and the... Hungry and thirsty, and he says all these amazing, wonderful things of what life in the kingdom of God looks like. But then, after proclaiming that in words, he starts to live it out in his deeds. He proclaims and he demonstrates what the kingdom of God looks like. And in Matthew 8, he just starts demonstrating what he's just proclaimed in word. And the first person he comes up into contact with, do you remember? It's a leper. And a leper is isolated by society. The difference between him and everyone else was that he had a skin disease that kept him away from the community, kept him away from worship of his God and with his people. And so Jesus crosses the barrier. He makes a bridge where there's a barrier of purity. This is a purity barrier. And he steps towards the leper, and I love it. This is why we need, when it's appropriate, to touch people. Because Jesus touches the leper. And that should Make him unclean. But what it does is Jesus clean cleanness, his holiness, his righteousness makes the leper clean and doesn't defile Jesus and he's made clean. So he crosses the barrier of purity. But then, right after that, he crosses the barrier an ethnic barrier. And even enemy lines, because he interacts with the centurion. You remember this? A Roman military officer, head of over a hundred soldiers. And this is the occupying army and empire over Israel that has made their lives um, very difficult, right? They're an oppressor. This man very well could have killed many of Jesus' um, fellow Jews. And this man comes to Jesus for help. And Jesus builds a bridge rather than sustaining a barrier. And he says, he, he interacts with this man, and he heals the servant of the centurion and then right from there we go to um, Peter's house and he crosses the barrier of gender in that society there was a strong barrier and division between men and women and he steps towards Peter's mother-in-law who's sick with a fever and again he touches he touches her hand and immediately the fever leaves her and he restores her into her her place in the household in the oikos and then if you'll remember this is our review then remember what he does in the oikos this oikos is that Greek word for this extended family home of blood and non-blood family this is how the ancient Near East household worked it was kind of this compound and it was designed to protect the family unit but what Jesus does is he heals Peter's brother-in-law and then he flings open the doors and invites listen to this Not just like people he didn't know from the the golf club, right? He invites the demon-possessed, the sick, and he invites them into the home, this place that was designed to protect and keep outsiders out and insiders safe. He brings inside the home demon-possessed and sick and heals them, breaking the barrier of household boundaries, right? And senses of safety and comfort. And then, from that point... He crosses, and this is where we catch up with them in Matthew 8, the last episode uh, in Matthew 8. He's going to cross a physical barrier, a physical boundary. This is the Sea of Galilee. We should be in verse 24 now. Let's catch up to my notes. Um, And this is a physical boundary. And remember, he calls his disciples with him now. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple of Jesus. And what Jesus called the disciples to in the Gospels, he is calling you to. And so he calls the disciples, raise your hand if that's you, I'll close my eyes. He calls you to get with him in the boat, this happens, because people want to follow him and he challenges them, hey, if you're my disciple, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. And this is a bridge of culture. He's leaving the safe insider re- Jewish context, and on the other side of the Sea of Galilee is the land of the, of the uh, Gerasenes or uh, it's pronounced differently in different places Gadarenes. And this is the Gentile land. This is the land of pigs. This is the uh, literally pigs. This is the land of tombs and death, and both things defile Jewish people. They would not go over the sea. But Jesus, the first thing He does when He calls His disciples is, let's make a bridge over this barrier and go to this place that is really forbidden of us religiously. But where the kingdom of God is about bridges, not barriers. And so let's enter uh, this story here. When Jesus arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs, met him. Now use your imagination here. This is not safe stuff. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, Son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Now look, it is not a safe endeavor to follow Jesus, to take down barriers, and to build bridges. It's going to cost something to build bridges, and to overcome barriers. And Jesus knows this, and he calls the disciples across the lake, and he calls them to this land, like I said, of swine, which is a defilement to the Jews, of tombs, which is a defilement of the Jews, they cannot touch dead bodies, or they're religiously impure, socially impure, and to a place where these two men are terrorizing the whole area due to their oppression and possession by demons. And they meet Jesus and his disciples right as they hit the ground. The boat runs ashore, and Jesus and his disciples are met with resistance. Question. Do you think we will be met with resistance if we try to make bridges rather than sustain barriers? Do you think that there's forces, even spiritual forces that erect, that want to sustain and maintain barriers between people, between nations, between genders. And they do not want bridges. So it costs something to, to create a bridge where there's a barrier. And this is what Jesus meets up with. Now, notice this about the demons, because I think it's interesting. Demons often have better Knowledge of God than we do. The resistance, the enemy, often knows our God better than we know our God. They have better theology and and they nail it right here. They're right. Look, number one, they identify Jesus correctly, right? They say, What do you have to do with us, Son of God? This is a title for the Messiah, the promised one, the the one that God said would come and make all wrong things right and set up the kingdom of God and restore all things. And so they identify Jesus in a way that no one else up to this point in Matthew has identified him as. They're the first ones to identify publicly Jesus as the Son of God. But then they get another thing right. They understand That their end, their trajectory, is defeat. They understand that they are coming up against the one who will make an end to all wrong things and to make all wrong things right. They understand that. Because look at what they say. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time. They know they have an appointed time, and that their time is short, that God wins, that love wins, that his kingdom wins, and his way wins, and their time is short. And so they're referring to this day when Jesus returns, when God fully establishes his kingdom, where every wrong is made right, where every tear Is wiped away from the faces of those suffering under the oppression and the sickness and the decay of this world. And they know that time is to come. So let me pause real quick and just tell you that whatever evil you're facing, whatever addiction you're struggling with, whatever sickness that just has a grip on your body and is sucking the life and the joy out of you, it has an appointed end. It has an appointed end. That should give us great hope. And that appointed end might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be two years from now, because Jesus brings the kingdom into present time and space. He says, pray that heaven Uh, would be on earth let your will be done your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and so we get to experience things before the appointed time the kingdom breaks in and so this day where this sickness or pain in your life it may be soon but let me tell you even if it isn't it will one day finally and completely be taken care of it will come to an end and there's great hope in that there's great hope in that for us who are hurting, who are grieving, who are suffering. And the demons know this, and we ought to know it as well. So cling to that hope. But here in this story, they're right. The answer to their question, did you are you come to, before the appointed time to torture us? The answer is yes. Because here it is, verse 30. Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Notice there's no like question of whether he can or cannot. There's no challenge to his authority. They just say, all right, we know what's coming. Just throw us of the pigs. And Jesus said to them, one word, Go. So they came out of the men, went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine the scene? That this, this, these two men come rushing at Jesus and his disciples, screaming and shouting. They're causing they're so violent that no one can pass through their way. They're shouting and screaming and challenging Jesus, and Jesus says go and their screaming is transferred from the men to the pigs and the pigs start squealing and screaming and all this dust is kicked up as they are are just caught, churned into confusion and they run to the water splash and drown to their death it's kind of crazy but what happens to this men these men as they've had this encounter with Jesus. It's incredible, right? That there's all this chaos and rage and violence and challenge to the kingdom, and all of a sudden, they're healed. They're restored. As the dust settles, these men have peace on their faces. Joy starts to rise up in them. And we're told in the parallel accounts in Luke that they even ask, can we follow you? Can we follow you? Can we go with you? These men are transformed by Jesus' power and authority in their life. They've experienced the kingdom. And Jesus has built a bridge where there was a barrier, right? That this this barrier in their life, because of their oppression, because of what had happened to them, and, and their dispossession, and their possession, and their oppression, right? Uh, they, they've been separated, and they cause separation. You know that wounded people often wound people? You heard this before? There, there's, there's Because of their oppression, no one can pass by them. There's violence. There's destruction. And when he heals these men and casts these demons out, there's restoration. And a bridge is built between them and Jesus and between them and the rest of the community. There's restoration. But not everyone is happy about this. Right? This is weird. I think this is, I can't think of another ch- time when after a miracle, people ask Jesus to leave. They actually erect a barrier between them and Jesus. Like they put it back up. Not the men that were healed. But uh, watch... Here those tending the pigs went into the town and reported all this including what had happened to the demon possessed men then the whole town went out to meet Jesus and you expect the next sentence to be and they celebrated and they wanted to make him king and they, they did all this right good job Jesus thanks man those guys were freaking us out right but they said please leave they pleaded with him to leave their region now I want to pose this question to you I want to discern this as a community why, why do you think that Jesus is asked to leave by the people in the town thoughts, go ahead they're scared, now what would you be scared of? That's a really good point, right? When you like, for all the power, when you see power in Jesus, even though it's good power, it reminds me of the Chronicles of Narnia. Have you read that book? When the beavers ask, or the kids ask about Aslan, who is the they ask the beavers about Aslan, and Aslan's this lion, he's this Christ figure, and the kids say, "Is he safe?" And the and the beavers say, "No, he's not safe, but he's what? He's good." So right, that's good, Rihanna. Maybe they're afraid. This guy's got power. This is freaking me out. Jameson, go ahead. Um, so, uh, the way that they might be the That they might die? Yeah. Is that what you said? They might meet their death? Yeah. Anyone else on the older spectrum? Go ahead. What do you think that status quo would be? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, go for it, Jabez. They didn't want to lose any more pigs. Right. If you go to Iowa, I was just in Iowa. we we go Iowa. Sometimes in certain towns, it smells like like manure, right? Occasionally. It's just me. But what they say, what people say is, smell that? That's the smell of? Money, not victory. Money! <laughs> smell the <of> victory. <laughs> right. So that's the smell of money. Right? Remember it cost to build bridges and not sustain barriers. They lost their pigs. They lost their economic engine. They lost money. Marcus, did you have I was gonna add that he was also to them, he was a foreigner to their land. Hmm. Right? Maybe they want to maintain ethnic barriers, right? Ethnic distinction. It could be as simple as that. Lawrence? All that fear, really Jesus might them. Mm-hmm. But Jesus might cleanse them. Mm-hmm. Right. right. We talked about, I think, a couple weeks, maybe it was last week, that Jesus sets us free from sin and the fear of death. It's as if the jail cell doors that we're we're slaves to sin, they're swung open, but we don't walk out. Because we prefer the cell that we know, the slavery that we know, rather than the freedom of the quest and the adventure that lies before us that we don't. So sometimes it's afraid, it's it's a fearful thing to let Jesus free us. Damien. Yeah, good. Forced to confront their own demons. it's good stuff. So yeah, not everyone is interested in bridge building. There's resistance when you refuse to maintain and sustain barriers that are made, um, that, that separate people. There is profit to be made from division. There is profit to be made from maintaining distinctions, and keeping people at odds with one another. Reminds me of a Dr. Seuss book, but I don't have time for that, because I think it's time. The Stars? What's that one? The Stars? I'm not going to do it. Okay. All right. So, I'm going to end here. I'm going to end here, because it's time to eat. It's going. Here's the deal. This is one reason why we uh, value two things. Number one, value living... In uh, our neighborhood Occupying a certain place Because we believe that Jesus Steps over the barriers And creates bridges he, he doesn't recognize and acknowledge False borders that separate people And our neighborhood is often considered It's bordered And people don't want to cross that border Cross those barriers And, and we say no, Jesus The way of Jesus To build bridges, not maintain barriers we're going to step in. We're going to step toward people, even if it's great cost to us. The next thing is how we eat together, and that's what we're about to do, and so I'll segue into this. We believe in practicing open tables because as we pick up our plates, as we say, we put down our divisions. As we are able to gather around a common table, we believe that Jesus is present among us and unifies us, and we can begin to create enough space and enough room that we can start to get to know one another even past the differences that we see and we can start to relate to one another and create space to kind of have some good discussions maybe we disagree on something but we can we can hash that out over a meal i believe that that's what jesus did as he ate with people he subverted society's boundaries and barriers and he created unity out of disunity so that's what we do as we eat together. I'll end with this quote. At the same time, people want to strengthen barriers. That's in our DNA, we, in our fallen humanness. We want, to, we want to strengthen the barriers that divide us. We seem to want to supersede them at the same time, and this makes us a little crazy. We would like to be able to speak to each other. We miss each other. So I think that's the human tension. That at the same time, we want to strengthen barriers, but we also have this deep yearning because it's how God has made us to relate to one another, to be unified with one another, to speak with one another. So that's what we have an opportunity to do right now. Um, And after we eat, uh, we will come to the Lord's table that unites us all by his blood. And this is the place, this is a glimpse of the kingdom come to earth where we can come and eat accepted by grace alone, by what Christ has done. And all of our divisions, all of our barriers are wiped away at the foot of the cross. So in an act of obedience to what we've just heard, you have an opportunity to make things right with people that are in this community or that are in other communities that you're in within. If there's someone who's sinned against you, or you've sinned against someone, you know that something's not right between you and someone, and you haven't made an effort to make it right, please take the time. We create space for that. We can call somebody if you need to. Have a conversation here. But discern your unity with your brothers and sisters in Christ as we prepare to come to the table. Alright, let me pray for our food. Um, If you're visiting, just Get in line and you'll come back to a transformed area. Oh, yeah. I don't think we have time. Can we do it next time? All right. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for um, this time. Thank you that you build bridges where there are barriers. Thank you that you've done that with us through your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that there was a huge barrier between us and you, between us and others because of our sin. And you stepped toward us and even onto the cross to remove that barrier and to create a bridge that unites us to you and all nations, all people, every tribe and tongue to come to be a part of the family of God in your kingdom. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Maybe we can do it after food. Do a song. Um, sorry, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I want to okay. you want to sing? I want to sing. Maybe, there, yeah. can yeah. we do it before communion? Yeah. That'd be good? Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this was the perfect time to do it. Was it? Uh, yeah. Oh. I it's all good. Oh, sorry. What's your name? You need to get better outside. I need to get better at that. Sorry. Hey, <laughs> Alex, <laughs>